Great, John, thanks for joining us. Um, for those that don't know, this is John. John and Joni lead the whole vineyard. I kind of want to just let you know for those that don't know them, these we've known these guys a while. They've been dear friends, people who've spoken into our lives, stood with us, encouraged us, journeyed with us. Uh, I, some of you might remember even in the earliest days of planting in Manchester, we went over to Hull and they even gave us a commissioning and sent us out as a church. So just dear dear people who have brought such timely wisdom to us and i thought it this would be a great opportunity just to have a bit of a conversation with john about a few things in this moment so john thanks for right. joining us oh my pleasure great to be with you paul yeah and we enjoyed hosting you when you came over uh, added to our numbers for the sunday so yeah really happy with that <laughs> especially in this yeah, season church stories revival <laughs> that's it um people can go to halls that are outside of Hall, eh? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's very rare. Although I do say, if you want a nice summer holiday, get over to all <laughs> city of culture. You know, uh, once back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. What's your what? Tell us your what's your favourite thing about Hull, John? Um, I I love the people. Yeah, I just love it. You know, you can go, you go to the hairdressers, the butchers, go to any shops, and just get into a fantastic conversation. I get most of my counselling from the hairdresser or the butchers. And um, it's just great. People are real. Uh, they're honest. They're salt of the earth. Um, there's some really beautiful parts to Hull. So it's had a terrible wreck. Um, no one, no one, you know, you, you know, no one passes through Hull. No one, you know, rarely chooses to go to Hull. Um, and so, uh, there's a, if, if I took you for a day's tour, beautiful architecture. Um, some great museums, home of William Wilberforce. Little um, and then what's lovely is the surrounding area. Look, I could go on for hours if you want, Paul. Well, uh, you've nearly, you've nearly maybe tempted a few people to consider popping over for a day trip. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've got the Wolds in you know, and up to North Yorkshire Moors, and you've got the coast. You've got everything that, like half an hour away on your doorstep. Uh, beautiful countryside and the coast. So I've just had a couple of weeks up in Brid as a break, um, which is uh, 40, 40 minutes from, from my house. You've not convinced me to give up everything and, and move, but nice nice try. Get to Brid. Hull yeah. and Brid. Can't hey, John, listen, the, I, I kind of just thought we'd have a bit of a conversation this morning, if that's all right. And I wondered if we could just reflect on the moment that we're in and the significant moment that we're facing for the for the church for ourselves how that looks what is what what what's going on and wondered if you could just help us reflect a little bit on yeah almost what can feel like chaos how can we start to make sense of it yeah i think one of the things in that paul is to recognize that in this moment um it's hard to put language to what is going on and that's okay I think we as human beings, we, we like conclusions, we like clarity, uh, we like things put in a, a nice neat box. Uh, we want our emotions a certain way, we want our thinking a certain way. But the reality is, is in the times of uncertainty and change that we're in, yeah. um, it's, it's easy to kind of look for the next thing just in order to get that clarity. Yeah. Um, but actually what I'm learning to live with and I think is good and I'd encourage um, your, your, your people to do is to live in 
the moment of uncertainty mm. because actually it's in those places that God uh, usually gets our attention. Yeah. I think one of the, the major things he's doing at the moment is that he's afforded us uh, in this, in this moment to, to have an opportunity to slow down. Yeah. And I think that again, that's really, really crucial. Um, uh, the pace of our culture, society of our lives is far too hurried. Yeah. Um, and so I think this has been an opportunity with the lockdown and with various things is that, is, is that we get slowed, slowed down. And I think my worry is, is that as things begin to open up, is that you see it in society is that people will um, kind of forget everything that they may have learned. Yeah, yeah. You know, those moments where they've, they've, they've heard the birds sing in the morning. It's not like the birds uh, ever stop singing. They've always been singing. We've just yeah. never been still enough to actually hear them. Yeah. And in that moment, we're thanking God and we're just pausing and we're, we're meditating on who God is, as, you know, he's our creator and, and just in that place of worship and, and stillness. Um, I just think it's, it's, it can be a gift to our, our, our souls and our, our hearts, which is what, this, what we need more than anything. Yeah. Uh, we need work done. I need work done on my heart. I think um, in slowing down and, and, and the uncertainty that I'm in is that I found that God's like doing a, a bit of a job on me. Yeah. yeah so yeah. He's, he's bringing things to the surface, uh, some ugly things, some things that uh, aren't Christ-like. Yeah. And it's a, an opportunity for kind of reflection, repentance, for, for change, for transformation. Yeah. And so um, I think just to, to kind of answer your question, Paul, I think it's important that people in this season don't try and rush through to the next thing. Yeah. yeah actually. Yeah. And I know that's really uncomfortable. Uh, it's not somewhere where we, where we, it sits well with us. Yeah. I think it's, um, it may not be like the, the great kingdom promise that people are looking for, but I actually think how that place of stillness and being with, with Jesus is going to, what's going to be birthed out of that is great purpose yeah. of yeah. Uh, fresh vision of fresh power, fresh uh, wave of, of, of God's spirit being poured out on the church and on our communities. Um, I think, Hey, in a place of frustration in a place of not knowing, I think that's where, creativity is born yeah so i found that in in times of pressure and challenge and frustration that's actually the time where new things and creativity is being birthed in my life the most yeah so that's the challenge i, I I'm, I'm i've got right now here in hull uh just in, in my parish in my spot is just god what are you saying what are you doing how can we track with you and what are some of the new things creative things that you're you're wanting to birth in this next season. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned um, that you, you've had elements of your life have been challenged and you see, you believe the Lord is just shaping you and changing you and revealing some of the ugliness. I just wonder if I could almost ask you what, what does that process look like? Because I know most people would say that's what they want. They want to be refined. They want the Lord to transform them. But actually seeing that come to pass and be a reality is that, well, how do you do that? How do you become yeah. different? Like, what are some of the, 
the, the habits or the, the things that are happening to cause you to have that mirror and moment of reflection? Yeah. You know, I kind of see my, my life a bit like an iceberg. Often where we're operating in terms of our, our life is kind of like the tip of the iceberg. It's like the, the 20% of what is seen. But actually, the most most of life in terms of a deep level, a soul level, a subconscious level is happening. Belief beneath the waterline is is in the eighty percent of the unseen. Yeah, and and what happens is uh, often in times of of testing and trial and pressure and discomfort, all these things that we're experiencing right now, actually, even in the quest to slow down, like if if we've just been on this like hamster wheel, just going through the motions and we're, we're faced with an opportunity to where that's no longer there is that we're faced with stuff and simply that stuff in pressure comes to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. It's manifesting, um, uh, the desires of our hearts It's manifest in our, our, particularly our words, how we're speaking to people, yeah. uh, in our thinking, in our habits, um, do you know what have we just been doing actually if we stopped for a day or for a week how we are we are we sensing anxiety in that yeah um how are we with yeah some of our some of those addictions some of those things that we run to to satisfy us yeah so i really think um now here's the thing is that that is god's way of inviting us in to that place of where he deals with that stuff and we we learn better rhythms and we learn to be a bit more Christ-like. Um, but often most people run away, don't like silence, and try and numb the voice. And the voices of the Holy Spirit, it's the whisper. And we try and, um, yeah, we try and numb that. Uh, and we numb that through noise. Yeah. And that's why I think some of the, uh, the, the best things we can do in this season is just to um, adopt the lifestyle and the rhythms that Jesus had of, of prayer, of silence, of solitude. We often want the fruit of, uh, of, of what Jesus did, but we're not willing to pay the price for actually the lifestyle that got him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, that's um, and so that's a challenge to me. Like, hey, if I want to see revival, if I want to see God's kingdom come, hey, am I willing to pay that price of, crying out to god of, of travailing of intercession of prayer yeah. of uh of purity you know those kind of things is, is counting the cost yeah, yeah. that's I, I think um I, I i guess it's similar for you that you you'll be seeing in this time many people hitting a bit of a wall coming to what they would say is almost the, the end of themselves and having a uh, an emotional a spiritual a financial breakdown whatever it might be and um what what's would be some of your advice for living well in this time to having sustainable you know we just talked about rhythms and prayer and solitude and are there, are there other things that you would advise like almost a pastoral reflection yeah. insight well look a couple of things on that paul first of all it's no bad thing that you get to the end of yourself the Christian life is the uh, antithesis of your self-help book. Yeah. Uh, and um, there's, a, there's a lot out there quite rightly in, in the, the uh, kind of the exhaustion of 
the spirit that we face in our culture with the daily grind and the demands of uh, being emotionally healthy and, and all those kind of things. And we'll, we'll, I'll touch on that in a moment, but just from a Christian point of view is that, is that God does his best work when we're feeling broken, yeah. when we're inadequate, when we're absolutely desperate. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is a, it's a place which is so uncomfortable, but it's the place that um, I, I long to invite and welcome. Yeah. Disappointment, failure, rejection, uh, persecution, those things that we try and escape from are actually uh, God's way, God's vehicle often to get us to uh, face our, our, our own realities and, and humanity and frailings. Yeah. That's the place where we begin then to completely um, depend on Christ. Yeah. And that's actually the place when thirst and hunger begins to come. Yeah. Um, we're not satisfied with what the world has to offer. So we begin to thirst for it. There's got to be more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In saying that, um, the, kind of uh, the flip side as well is recognizing, and, and the best way I can, and I, I thought about this last night, actually, I was talking to my wife, is I have this thing, in fact, it's probably happening now, where I wait till my laptop's at 1% or my phone's at 1% before I charge it. Yeah. I don't know why I even do that. Uh, but I, I found that my life, and often I know other followers of Jesus do that. They wait until de- it's desperate. They wait until burnout. They wait until there's there's no, there's no petrol in the engine. They wait until um, the the battery on the iPhone yeah. is nearly dead. Before, hold on, we better do something about that. I don't know if our Christian walk is like that, where we'll go weeks and weeks, uh, and then suddenly we hit a wall. It's like, well, better. Do you know what? I really probably better go on a little prayer walk. Or I better go into a prayer meeting, or I better read my Bible. Uh, and and I'm thinking the invitation of God is is for so much more. It's not for survival. Yeah. It, it's for significance, and significance is when we must come to a place of where we're daily, whether we feel it or not, in season or out of season, we're daily just, hey, we're just spending time with Jesus. Yeah. We're just worshiping. We're in, we're in His Word. It's like it's 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 food for our soul yeah so i would say that the key in that is margin yeah so what i try and do uh paul is that if this is my life right here my you know my left left hand and, and my right hand is kind of like uh the cliff edge of where i fall off and i burn out that space there is margin yeah and i think uh what's really important for any follower of christ and indeed any human being is that they have good margin in their life margin relationally with margin um financially spiritually emotionally and 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 that those rhythms will look different for different people um because you're going to know who you are you're going to know how you recharge you're going to know um how you're wired how you think how you do things but i think one of the key things to you're going to need in this season particularly is margin yeah, no, it's really good. So do a bit of a, a, assessment on your life, you know. Do I have margin? Am I making room for rela- relationships? Am I making room for, for fun and creativity and for just hearing God's voice and, and, and things like that? Yeah. And just finally, if I can, I've, I've, you, you kind of touched on it that we're not just about survival. This is about 
significance with uh, walk with Jesus? What what would you say even prophetically over us as a church? But what's the what's the moment we're in? What is the opportunity? What does it look like to step into the 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 authority that is on the church in a city? Yeah. yeah. You hear a lot of a lot of different thinking with the pandemic. It's something I'm thinking through right now. Um, you know, has the pandemic brought a an opportunity, as it were, for the gospel to to be advanced in a certain way? And I think there's aspects of that is true, but I I, I, I think the mandate has never changed. Mm. The authority that's on Christians and on the church has never changed. Yeah, it's just some of us have probably fallen asleep at the wheel a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's why we, uh, we're doing a series at the moment called The Awakened Church, looking at the early church, the Book of Acts. There were things that they did. Uh, there were values that they carried that meant that they were alive and awakened yeah. in their day. And I think God is, 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 is doing in this season, is, is a, is, it's like a, you're asleep and then it's like a splash of cold water goes on your face and wakes you up in the middle of the night. And, and you, can, you can come up with 101 excuses and say, it's the middle of the night. I don't want to be awake right now. I yeah. want to sleep. And some people are turning back over and going back to sleep. But I think God is whispering in the middle of the night and he's wanting to speak to his church in the middle of the night and it's dark and it's cold and you'd much rather be sleeping yeah. and get up a few hours later. But I think God is doing an awakening it's kind of like the vision of Ezekiel 37. It's, it's the valley of dry bones. I think there's, there's, um, the, the spirit of God is, is prophesying and breathing new life into the church. And then out of that is a, an exceedingly great army. So my encouragement is to, is to go back to basics, is to go back to the early church, to go back to the rhythms of Jesus. Jesus taught his church how to pray, which it could be summed up. Uh, Lord, let your kingdom come mm. on earth as it is in heaven and Lord forgive us our sins. Mm. And I, what I do as a, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as a follower of Christ, and what I'd encourage the church to do is that every single day say, Lord, forgive me my sins. Mm. And that has to have a horizontal effect in terms of how we treat others. Mm. And secondly, let your kingdom come through me. Yeah. And I think our eyes are just being opened. You know, it's like, um, the church in Laodicea where I'm praying that, that that salve, that ointment would come on our eyes so that we can see um, what life is all about and that fragility of life yeah. and the simplicity of life. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the gospel. It's all about hope. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about reaching people. It's all about compassion. Let's, let's use this time to, to uh, say to God, look, I'm alive and I'm awake for your purposes yeah so use me to to reach people and um i'm I'm really excited about what amazing things are going to happen i was just walking through hull this a uh, couple of days ago and i uh just thinking about what crazy things i could do in hull in this moment two things one was i'll get a dog collar i need to go find one maybe a fancy dress shop and uh with a big placard that says something like um i we're in a difficult time. I'd love to pray for you. God loves you. I'd love to do a social distance prayer. Yeah. And just in the middle of town, or one of the ideas was I just want to go to town. I want to just get on my knees. Yeah. And just pray. 
Yeah. And with a with some kind of like placard or notice. I mean, it's like old 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 school sandwich board stuff. Yeah. And you and you know, and and that sounds ridiculous. It sounds weird, and I don't I don't want to be weird, but it's like I'm just God is opening my eyes to like to the, the one thing I'm is seeing people come to know Him. Yeah, and your heart. What, what I guess what you're ultimately communicating is your heart is turned to the city, and it's turned for a longing for a breakthrough. For sure, and that's one of the great redemptive things that's happening. Yeah. You know, as our services have been shut, it's actually an incredible gift and opportunity to turn our eyes and affection upon the city. Yeah, we've always wanted it. You know, no one in the church doesn't say they want that, but for often it's like a virtual reality evangelism. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we sing about it. We prophesy. We want to take the land for Jesus. We, we pray we want to take the land for Jesus, but we haven't allowed Jesus to take the land of our own hearts and lives and say, look, I will actually not just pray about the gap or, or prophesy about the gap or sing about the gap, but I will stand in the gap and yeah. do something about it. And crisis is an accelerator that leads us to it, isn't it? For sure. Yeah. Oh, John, so rich. So rich. Thank you. I, yeah, I just well. also want to, I think it's important people know, I, I mean, I know it, but that you've been such a source of encouragement but also correction in our lives you've been somebody who has spoken truth and um life into us stood with us in the hard seasons and the 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 mountaintop experiences and it's important to have people like that and we we've deeply value that personally for steph and i but also for us as a church so just want to yeah i want to say thank you thanks well look the feeling is definitely mutual i mean uh, I would say that for Joe and I, the last, we took on the church in January. Yeah. And then, so we've had a, a transition and then another transition with pan- the pandemic. So um, it, it's been, a, it's been one of the toughest seasons and chapters of our lives, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, you, you guys, you and Steph, uh, we've, we've felt your encouragement. We've felt your support. We've felt your prayers every step of the way. And um, what I love about good leaders, good mature Christians is that you can express yourself and not feel stigmatized. Yeah. You know, it's not like they, people make an assessment just because you're, you're sharing your frustration. Mm. And I think we need room to do that because that's where we, where we really process stuff. Yeah. And uh, Joni and I definitely feel like we can do that with you guys. We love Manchester Vineyard. We love what you're doing at the moment um we we often look to you guys as an inspiration and uh as a model for what we want to do here in Hull. yeah same mate you're very kind and i can't wait for the day where we can have a barbecue in person <laughs> but let's and not start that and we're going to try all those steaks yeah yeah exactly for the sake of the veggies we should move on <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> thank you and yeah bless you bless you guys thanks man